This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Fiberside Chat by 3GIS. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing the new normal that's been brought about by COVID-19. How has the telecom industry responded to this shift? And what will business operations look like post-pandemic? These are a couple of questions that I'll be posing to our guests today. They are Tom Counts, the Chief Executive Officer for 3GIS. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to have you. And then we also have Dustin Sutton, president of 3GIS. Dustin, always good to have you on, sir. Yeah, thanks. Good talk to you again. Excellent. It's, it's great to have you guys on. And, and you know, this is uh, just a fascinating conversation and a fascinating topic to me just because it feels like so much has shifted over the last several months and so many adjustments have had to be made. So uh, I'm curious just from the outset, how has life at 3GIS been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic? Wow, that's how has it not been affected is really the question. Mm-hmm. Um, every every facet of the organization has been touched in some way. You know, we wrote a pandemic policy back um, when SARS came out, and we wrote it thinking, okay, we're going to have this in our back pocket; it'll never be used. And look, here we are. Um, we're we're well into the policy, and it's we're executing against it. And I'm really glad we had it. Um, and it's changed a lot. I mean, we've, we've modified the policy as we go because, you know, this is something we, in the back of your head, you really didn't expect to happen. And, and when it does happen, um, everybody adjusted and, and shifted what I think in a, in a very graceful and beautiful way. Um, the first thing you expect is a big drop in productivity, a change in, in a change in customer engagement. And, and now while we have seen a great change in our customer engage, engagement process, we haven't lost any of our engagement capability. And when we look at productivity, when I zoom out and go, okay, how's this company going to really react? Because it's the CEO, my bottom line is to make sure, hey, all of our people are, are, are well satisfied with, with, with their needs to do their job safely and securely. And at the same time, deliver to our customers on the schedule that we committed to pre-pandemic. Um, the last thing we want to do is use it as an excuse, and we have it. I think the the really nice thing was, while I expected to see a significant dip in productivity, it never came. Um, and and I part of me thinks, okay, it was nationalism. Everybody's you know, it's like after nine eleven, everybody really came together for a short while, right? Um, but but it was temporal. Well, right now, I mean, we've got literally 199% of our office is working from home now. Mm. And we've delivered a lot of equipment to them, monitors, mice, keyboards, things to keep doing your job. We had shifted to laptops years ago. So that, that was nice. But, you know, Dustin has, Dustin has a process of communication with our, with our team that is, is fabulous. And, and we have regular meetings with every group, you know, keep them on task. And um, that communication has only actually improved um, and, and I think that's the positive side of what's happened is it, it, uh, it underlined the importance of, of daily regular communication with the group. And we've, we've succeeded in, in making an adjustment that I never thought would happen. And, and I think people are, we're talking more, we're, communi- we're communicating actually possibly better now than we were pre-pandemic because it's so important to do it. Um, and everybody doesn't take it for granted. Yeah, we're paying much more attention to it. Yeah. Right, and we have such nice tools to do it with. Um, I mean, with everything from 
Google Hangouts, to go to meetings, to Zoom. Uh, it, it's I spend, I would say, half my day talking to a camera now. And I've, I've learned to do that. I've learned to face the camera. Um, it, it's different. You know, it's, it's, it's an it, important learning curve. Yeah. It is different. You, you want to face the camera. You don't look out the window. You don't look at your desk. You, because you're talking to people that are actually listening to you and you want to make sure that they you, you connect with them. Um, but I, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. It's for a very simple question you asked, but I'm very proud of, of the response from the from from our organization during this very difficult time. And, and like I said, Dustin and his team have done a spectacular job in making sure we we talk regularly and and and, and effectively. Dustin, you want to speak to that communication aspect and, and some of the things that you've done just to make sure that the team is staying on the same page and that everyone's still pushing and pulling in the same direction? Sure. Um, as Tom said, we the pandemic policy did lay out some of those, I guess, communication guidelines, but it was one of those things that as you're going through your policy manual, you kind of skip that page. Um, you know, you think back to that, those were, that was needed for the Spanish flu days, not for, you know, 2020. But so we did have to dust that off and, and really dig into how are we going to communicate. Thankfully, as a technology-driven company, we were really well prepared, and not not because we saw it coming, just because that's how we do our business, anyways. We we love technology and uh, video chats from from distributed teams was always kind of a way of life. So what we had to focus on was really making sure that the information that we had always assumed would get out just by virtue of people walking through the halls was intentionally communicated now. And, and obviously email, uh, chat, as Tom indicated, it was the ways that we chose to do that as a company and, and just making sure that we set reminders every week, just even if the update is, I don't have a lot to tell you, making sure that people know we're trying to communicate and then there's not a lot going on that they're not aware of. And I think that's the mistake that I've personally made in the past, and I think other leaders probably make that mistake too, is that you assume that employees know if you're not telling them something that that means there's not a lot that's changing that really impacts them. Mm -hmm. But I think they want to hear there's not a lot of changing that's going on that's impacting you. Here is what's going on that may not impact you, but you might want to know. Um, just to know you're not not being quiet for, for no reason. Logan, I would say our, our communication has become very deliberate. Um, yes. But in its deliberate nature, it's it's very comfortable, um, and and because we are family, we are friends, we do care for each other. Right. But we are very deliberate in in the time we carve out. So if you've got a, a development team, you're always talking, you're always meeting at the water cooler, you're always actually you're always having distractions too, aren't you? But but now if people are working from home, now they have home distractions. I can't deny that. Mm -hmm. but they don't have the work distractions that were historically prevalent. And you have a time carved out, say two to three um, every day to have a community to, to, to talk and to catch up. And you're always got matter most and things running in the background. But I think our challenge with communication or actually the opportunity with communication is it's scheduled. And you know, I'm going to set aside this time for my, let's call it distraction. But then the rest of the day, I'm pretty head down focused, getting my job done. And um, that's been that's been what I've recognized as a, as a change that I didn't expect. Mm. I didn't think we were such a distracting <laughs> uh, office. You don't feel like it, but I'm probably guilty as anyone of walking down the hallway, seeing someone, and you know, asking them about their their mom or how's their dog or what are you doing this weekend, and realize I just spent 20 minutes 
keeping them from doing probably what they really wanted to do. Mm. Uh, now, on the other side of that, I have a fear. My fear is culture. You know, we, we're a company of, we really, and a lot of software companies develop their own culture and it's very important. It's valuable to the success and the, and, and the character of the company. So I'm afraid we, that might get diluted a little bit. And so, again, I think uh, Dustin, Dustin has had, what would we have a, a Cinco de Mayo party online? We had Margarita Day. It was, I mean, and Dustin never misses an opportunity to have, to have a get together. And that, I love that. Um, so as an organization, we try to, you know, socialize and celebrate together and i thought oh crap we're gonna lose that you know you can't really do that and you know what we can do that and we have done that and we are doing that um and i'm really proud of that because yeah. just as talking to Lindsay a few minutes ago she's she's engaged still at a level that's not only just corporate but also familial um which is which i think is culturally equally important to us as a as an organization Absolutely. I think that that company culture aspect uh, is a really important thing to discuss during this time and an important thing to, to think about. And I think one of the things that, that you mentioned that stands out to me as being particularly uh, positive was that implementation of a policy, you know, a pandemic policy uh, a, a while back, not knowing that this would happen in the future. And I think a lot of companies may have been caught unaware. And I think uh, more policies like what you had will be put in place moving forward, you know, uh, be it whatever, whatever the next situation is, if it's another pandemic like this, or if it's, you know, natural disasters, things along those lines, I think more and more companies are going to be thinking about that. So as the leaders of this company, it's, it's obviously that you guys have prioritized communication and keeping that company culture growing and positive. Uh, but what leadership principles have really guided how you interact with your people and how you've really tried to take care of them during this time as well? Dustin, you want to handle that one? You had a, I heard you talking the other day to someone and I thought you said it very eloquently. Well, yeah, I think, um, thankfully, Tom, as always, I came to the company about eight years ago. And, and by that time, the culture was well set as far as you know, putting the people first, making sure that we spend the time, the money internally to focus on our people. And so that's that's really what has uh, guided our actions and our intentions and kind of our, our focus over the last two and a half months is making sure that our people and our employees who are the company, that they have what they need to be able to focus on their work. And that starts with making sure that they feel comfortable and have their personal needs met. Um, we can't always assume that you know, their spouses or significant others haven't been impacted by this financially and that they're hurting. So we've been very intentional about reaching out to each individual and making sure they had what they need to be successful, both from a business standpoint, but also encouraging them to come to us if they had anything that maybe wasn't necessarily business related, but that maybe we could help with during this time. And by doing that, we, we were able to hopefully settle some of their fears because it's a very uncertain time for all of us, uh, for our business, for our industry, and, and obviously for our people. So so we focus first and foremost on making sure their personal needs were met and they're comfortable and they have what they need. And then after that, we've been able to focus on, okay, you are now more empowered than maybe you felt in the past to, to go out and satisfy our customer needs. So make sure our customers' needs are met. If you need to make a faster decision, then than you previously felt able to, we've got your back. We know that you have the best intentions of the company at heart, and let's all go make sure that our customers and coworkers have what they need to be successful. So 
So just really starting with the people, focusing on them, making sure that that they're supported, and and that's led to uh, our productivity increasing. As Tom has said, we've we've seen great improvements over the last two months in productivity. So um, that's you know a selfish benefit. I mean, that's great for our company. That's not why we do it, but that's uh, obviously keeping the company healthy is very important because it's how we pay. It's how we pay for our families and all the fun things we get to do as a company. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great way of putting it, just making sure people are first and foremost taken care of and then that empowers them and, and frees them up to do their job well and to continue to do that. And I think that when there are distractions, like you know the things that can happen during times like this where you think, oh, what about bills? What about this? What about that? But when people are taken care of, they're able to uh, feel free from those types of distractions and those types of things that could hinder them to, from doing their jobs to the best of their abilities. And they're able to to continue to do the work that, that you guys are doing so well. And so um, I, I want to take a shift and now talk a little bit more about the telecom industry as a whole. So how has the COVID-19 pandemic really altered the telecommunications industry? Well, I mean, that's something I, I read on every day, right? And, and everybody's got an opinion but I haven't seen any change. Let me, let me, I mean, we talked to a lot of people. I haven't seen any fundamental change really in the way networks are being designed, built, or architected today. Um, there's a lot of concern. Um, you always hear the phrase new normal. I don't think we know what that is yet. I think normal is yet to be determined. I think we're on a journey to a normal and a, you know, I really hope to God we get back to old normal. Um, and it'll be an, it'll be a combination of course, but will we see a shift to back to fiber to the home to a much more of a residential urban, uh, bandwidth demand against commercial demand that, that we had seen for moving, moving into the cities, trying to really densify for 5g, um, all that's going to, that's not going to change. I, I don't see that changing a bit. What I, what I, do see is an additional bandwidth requirement, and that is we, we saw it today in the FCC pushing the, the, the 5G rules um, and trying to accelerate that because I do believe fixed wireless is going to be a, a very important part of, of delivering bandwidth to the home where it's going to be needed for, for education, for teleconferencing, and for telemedicine. I mean, so stat- statistically right now, telemedicine is, has gone up from, it was at a 2% usage Prior to prior to COVID, it's at twelve percent today, and I believe it's actually my guess is it's really much higher than that. But statistics right now say twelve percent of people are using telemedicine regularly, which is a huge, huge jump over two percent. Right. Um, and 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 then when you start looking at people are um, self-governing or self-regulating bandwidth usage at their home because. Uh, both kids need to be working on school and then dad or mom need to be doing a teleconference with work. And so they're having to schedule who can do what when because of a, because they're fighting for bandwidth. 25 megs is not the, is not broadband anymore because 25 megs will not serve junior sister, dad and mom all, all doing their, doing their job from home. But from an industry today, I hear a lot of talk. I hear a lot of speculation. Consistently, I hear we have to wait and see how this settles out um, because we don't know yet. And I think any massive move in any direction right now is is a gamble. It, and I think we're all 
benefiting right now from some excellent work done by people like uh, Level 3, CenturyLink, Verizon, um, that really built a really great national backbone. Um, and AT&T, of course. That, that, is, that is, everybody thought the internet would break when all this happened. And that hasn't been the case at all. The internet, I think, has withstood incredibly well. It's been very resilient. And, it's, and I think it's, it's meeting what it can do. It is not falling apart and it's not failing. Um, but I think what it is shining a light on is rural broadband is a problem. And consistent high-speed broadband delivery to the home is a problem. And the national map today is a problem um, that has to be resolved. You know, using the, the way they were using um, uh, census tracts to say, okay, if this census tract is black, okay, they're getting good service. Well, if one house in that census tract is getting 25 megs and everybody else is getting two, well, they're still painting it black. And so I think all that is being revisited for a very good reason. Uh, so the family's not having to self-govern broadband usage so people can work from home is that new normal going to be that not like it is today i don't believe but there is going to be a shift just as 3gis we see that there will very likely be a shift of us moving more and more of our people letting them work from home more uh, because it's working really well but there has to be an infrastructure there has to be the right facilities to to permit that and today it's it's compromised uh, it's all, it's, and I say it's compromised. It's just it hasn't evolved enough. It's not like it has devolved. It hasn't devolved at all. I think it's done great, cons- done great, holding up quotes, considering. Mm. And but I think that consideration is what our customers are talking to us today about. Is again five G densification, building out backbone, making sure that we can extend our reach back into the neighborhoods. You know, a lot of that slowed way down. Um, and I think we're going to see that speed right back up. And the broadband stimulus that's coming um, for for the rural areas is it, it, the timing is going to get is being accelerated, and it needs to be uh, because the digital divide is going to be really um, I think emphasized, and we're going to see it. So this this pandemic came at the end of the school year which is, I can't say it's good timing, but it, it's not going to look the same at the beginning of a school year at this fall. Um, because you can you can coast for a couple of months, six weeks, and, and, and finish out school, but you can't begin a new school year like we, like we finished this one. And I, I think a lot has to be considered in our broadband capability nationally on how we're going to address that. I think the other thing we're seeing in our industry, Tyler, is it's also just the rise in uncertainty. So we've not we've not had customers decide not to purchase altogether, but we've definitely seen a cutback in in confidence levels. So they're cutting back in their forecast, the the probability of their forecast, I should say, as as all companies are right now. They're they're looking at the uncertainty of how will things look in six months? We used to have fairly good confidence 12, 18, 24 months out that we could see what trends were gonna happen in the market and see how that was gonna impact our business. And and our customers felt the same and for the most part. And today we're seeing them where it's foggy. Their four, six month forecasts are, are getting changed last minute and they're at least being more diligent about where they spend their money. 
Uh, we've not necessarily seen cutbacks, but don't you think there has to be a cash flow impact? I mean, I just there has to be. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely going to be. I think there, our customers are seeing whether, even if customers aren't totally not paying their bills, they may be delayed. So I think mm. to your point that cash flow will will definitely impact some of these organizations, and and some aren't cash rich industries. So uh, we have some that are in the wireless telecommunication industries who are investing a lot of capital and they're spending a lot of money very quickly. So cash flow can have a major impact on them. Other industries such as utilities where again, bills, bills are a high priority, but at some point uh, families are still going to struggle to pay those high priority bills. And I think that's the, that's where the uncertainty is coming from. Hmm. Right. So I, I think what you guys just laid out is, are some of those major challenges, right? And some of the changes that are taking place, um, changes that need to take place, especially as it relates to residential, like you were mentioning, especially with the with the new school year coming up, um, I, I think quicker than uh, than a lot of students would like to uh, to recognize, and, and and then there being that uncertainty moving forward, that level of um, you know projecting out and what does the future look like, and and how is this impacting you know our future plans and things like that. So how is the the industry as a whole maybe uh, responding to those changes and responding to these challenges? Hmm. Slowly, mm. and and that's maybe not the answer you're looking for, but as I think as Dustin alluded to, there's so much uncertainty of what that cash is going to look like six months from now. I mean, our, our sales velocity hasn't considerably changed right now, but but we we are hearing customers talk about we need to be very careful. We need to be very deliberate on our construction and where we go and where we build and how we how we invest. Right now, I think many of our customers are taking also a wait and see approach to how long is this pandemic going to last? How long is this shift to a new normal going to take? Um, and what is that new normal going to look like? Are we going to see a, a, a bifurcation of, of the workforce? And if half is at home and half is in the office, well, that's going to cause a real shift in network design architecture as well. But until that's known, and, and generally, the telecommunication industry, while it does move fast and is avant-garde, can also be a fairly conservative industry. Um, I, th I think they're they're looking at this in a conservative lens um, to see, hey, let's take our time, let's not be too knee-jerk, and let's make sure we do spend the money in the right place at the right time. And I don't believe the time is is understood yet. We're seeing some. We're also seeing some people at least discuss more fiber to the home initiatives as opposed to traditionally the or at least our largest customers make the bulk of their money from the the business side of their operation servicing businesses and as a lot of those businesses right now especially small businesses look to close they're having to relook at what their revenue will be next year from residential and business and wireless so we're definitely seeing more of those discussions internally about how to how to accelerate fiber to the home and maybe I guess reallocate some of those funds away from some of the business deployments. Uh, we've not seen any major decisions as Tom alluded to, but people are discussing it and, and trying to prepare so that if the work from home does have to continue in these businesses, these small businesses that are restaurants and coffee shops don't open back up, uh, they will have a major revenue shift towards mm -hmm. more of the residential customers. So we're, we're definitely seeing people pay attention to that. 
And I think that's, um, you're seeing some of that in the marketing, both marketing from the telecommunication companies and also marketing from companies like us who service that industry. Uh, we're marketing more toward uh, helping them design out the fiber to the home networks and helping them manage their existing assets that they have now. And there's, there's during these times, it's always kind of a, a touchy subject to market to the current needs, but we were talking about the other day and we feel somewhat obligated to do that. If we've got a product that we really feel like can help companies succeed right now that, that maybe some other products cannot, and ours being you know web-based and, and kind of supporting that remote work culture, we, we feel obligated to, to kind of get that message out there so that if we can help companies survive and thrive in this time, that we do that. And of course, it's going to benefit us because we're going to have more business. And that kind of makes you feel bad in some ways that you're taking advantage of the situation, but we really feel like it's the right thing to do is to help these companies if we can. That's true. When we set up for a hosted model and a, and a, and a completely, they call it lights out uh, back office, it was never with the thought of a pandemic. It was a thought of making sure we had something that could scale very fast, very rapidly up and down. And uh, yeah, as Dustin said, it, it, it's perfect for this environment, mm -hmm. um, but it was never designed for this environment. So, but we're, we see, we'd be silly not to talk about it. We see companies like Zoom giving their products away, which is, you know, helping their company, helping their market cap go way up. I mean, they're getting so much publicity from it and people are starting to use it. And people who start using it will likely continue using it. So this has been a great business move for them, but it's also been so beneficial for these schools and to, to communicate with their students. We, I've seen my kids, I have three little girls, so I've, I've seen them get on their daily Zoom calls with their teachers and Zoom has become one of those words like, you know, Xerox. It's it's now a uh, an adjective for what they're doing. They're, 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 or a verb for what they're doing. They're Zooming with their classmates. So that's gonna really help their business, but it's also just really, really servicing a, an unmet need where a lot of these schools couldn't afford to buy expensive telecommunicating, telecommunications products. Or So that's something that we've seen. And, and we're trying to do our part too. Again, we're going to market to the needs, but and benefit. But we also feel like we're really helping right now. Yeah. You know, I would encourage other companies to 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 do that. I mean, to look at how can you help, and if your business benefits from it, great. Mm -hmm. Even better, you're helping your employees and your business and your community, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, that can be a a win 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 type of scenario, really. Um, you know, especially if you're you're able to to do something that's beneficial for the community as well. I, I, I see that being a, a huge positive. And uh, just as we begin to, to wrap up this episode, I, I think one of the things I'm, I'm most curious about is, you know, which of these changes do you think continues to be a part of the new normal in terms of how organizations operate, especially specifically in the telecom world? You know, I, I think it's, I think it'll be absolutely fascinating just to see as things evolve, what carries forward post pandemic, you know, and how does this change what business looks like and what the world looks like moving forward? So, you know, for telecom specifically, you know, what changes do you think continue to be a part of this new normal? I think the, the support for telecommuting will, I've seen it increase and I think we've all <laughs> overcome maybe some uh, historical, um, I guess, objections to it or concerns that, you know, if, we allow people to telecommute they won't as be as performant they won't be as involved and i think seeing similar very large companies with tens of thousands of 
employees do the same in our industry and seeing their success, I think all of our companies, including us, will be more open to it. I don't think it'll be a all-or-nothing policy, but I think in the past we have really seen in our industry a, a hesitancy not to have everyone in one office and communicating face-to-face, and I think that's that's something that I believe will endure is a little bit more openness to that. I agree. Um, it's become almost graceful for what used to be kind of clunky. I think we started off this conversation saying one of the common phrases we hear today is you're on mute, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's becoming less common. Uh, people are becoming truly graceful and adept and capable at, at telecommuting. I've got actually a zoom meeting tonight with my Kiwanis group. My, it's a local, you know, organization and we do zoom meetings now. And, let me tell you, the majority of this group is not somebody you would ever expect to use this type of tool. And they're getting good at it and they're getting comfortable at it. And you see them not being uptight. Just like I said, I've learned to talk to the camera um, because I want to engage and I want to connect. Uh, everybody is learning the little nuances of how to communicate better uh, because communication's changed. Um, but at the same time, through that com- change in communication, it's created an opportunity for us to um, to allow our employees maybe not to have to drive to work and spend that hour in the car back and forth from home. Um, they can have lunch at home. They, can, I mean, it, it could actually save our employees a bit of money, you know. While at the same time, as Dustin said, uh, a beautiful benefit to us that we didn't even expect was increased productivity. I would have been so happy if we could have had the same productivity, but it's actually up. Um, so who would be one to want to fight that new norm? Uh, not me. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely a great point. And uh, I'm going to be fascinated just to see, uh, you know, how things continue to evolve and what this looks like moving uh, towards a post-pandemic, hopefully soon world where um, we take the lessons that we've learned from this time and really move forward into a different new normal, but one that uh, could possibly be more productive and be safer and, and beneficial for so many people. And so, uh, guys, this has been uh, such a fun conversation, just getting a chance to talk about how you've led through this crisis and you know the, the different shifts that have occurred in the industry and how you view things evolving from here. And so, Tom Counts, CEO of 3GIS and Dustin Sutton, president of 3GIS. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today and, uh, and talking about this on Fiberside Chat. Thanks, Tyler. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Tyler. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you go subscribe on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts these days. Make sure you stay up to date with future podcasts uh, from 3GIS here on Fiberside Chat. And uh, you can also go back and listen to previous episodes and get more thought leadership on the telecom industry there. We'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.